Welcome to the Scholar's Attic, an audio archive of our tour through world history, specifically the modern age, from the French Revolution to current events of 2021. Welcome to the Attic. This snippet is one of those things that doesn't really belong in another podcast but at the same time is too important to just leave out entirely. This is one of those points where I am pulling forward, braiding through, and really reinforcing the idea behind how someone like Hitler could come to power. And part of it involves understanding the Bundestag and how political leaders were elected in Germany, at least at the time. Uh, There is a video that goes with this explanation that without it, it doesn't really seem complete. So if you are a future student listening into this, you probably have been given the assignment to not only listen to this podcast snippet, but to also watch the video referenced in the liner notes. So make sure you do that. Now, let's listen in. All righty. So um, I have a PowerPoint for us today, and uh, parts of it, and you can probably tell from the thumbnails there on the side, it's going to be a bit of a review. It's sort of a weird mishmash of, let's go back and talk about a couple of things that were mentioned right before the exam, which actually I think Miss Earl did in class because I took my mom out for her birthday lunch that day. Um, But there's some new stuff wrapped up in this, too. So don't make the mistake of going, oh, Miss Goff is on her soapbox again. She's just telling us stuff that we just had on the quarter exam. Yes and no. Like, you know me, I'm constantly going back and braiding forward. It's like, remember this? Okay, now let's layer a little bit extra on here. So one of the things I want to show you here is a, um, it's not exactly a TED Talk sort of a TED talk, um, on the rise of Hitler, but this one gets into the politics of of, uh, majority votes and bullying within politics, which should sound a little familiar within our own uh, 2021 context. Um, And this also connects with the reason why I told you to bring colored pencils today. So hopefully everybody, you know, paying attention to group me and you have your colored pencils. So if you could, um, let's, let's just do this for a second. You should get out. If you go to your, um, your resource section. In fact, I made a couple extra copies cause I know Lucy doesn't have one. It should look like this about the Bundestag, okay? The Bundestag is um, part of the election process in Germany, or was at the time. I'm not gonna pretend to know anything about German voting habits in 2021. Um, I can barely keep track of my own country at this point. Things have gotten so wild and wooly. Um, But, What we're looking at here is, yes, Hitler's having his meteoric rise to power, 
but there's some power plays happening within the structure of the government. And that's what I want you to pay attention to. You know, don't tune it out just because some of it's familiar. Pay attention to the politics and, and the po political wrangling that's happening here because this is the kind of thing that happened or tried to happen in several other countries following the Second World War, only it was the communism card that was being dealt, and that was what was having people scrambling into a panic. It, you know, at the end of the Second World War, we were pretty confident that the Nazis were defeated, but now we had communism to deal with, and this sort of political wrangling um, uh, played a huge, huge part in that. So let me go ahead and hit play on this. At this point, we watched the five-ish minute video by the Ted Ed channel on YouTube entitled, How Did Hitler Rise to Power? The first half of this video is essentially, at least for us, a review of what we talked about earlier. But you get to about the three minute mark and the video starts shifting away from these basic facts about Hitler and growing Nazi sentiment to how that public persuasion began to rework German politics and the government from the ground up. So Hitler, uh, had been gaining some momentum. There was the Beer Hall Putsch. Um, he was jailed. Uh, he gets out of jail. Uh, he starts using the triple poison of fear, anger, and bigotry uh, instead of fact to sway public opinion. So that by the time we get to uh, the months leading up to the 1932 German election, the Nazi power has risen in favor from 3% representation in the German parliament to 18%. Still a low number, but mathematically, that's huge in a very short amount of time. You get to the 1932 election, and the big takeaway there is that Hitler did lose, but he had 36% of the vote, and he used that 36% to further build his momentum. The upshot, and the video covers this in the final minutes, is that he uses this momentum to uh, bring about his appointment to what should have been a purely administrative, almost figurehead position. So think like the vice president of the United States. He's an elected official. He does have some responsibilities, uh, you know, some influence, but he's really just the spare in case the president dies or is declared unfit for office. So this was a figurehead position, administrative, uh, just basically a paper pusher. And instead, for Hitler, this becomes the stepping stone to what came next. Now, let's dip back into the conversation and how the Bundestag figures into this. That's the punchline. Okay, so the, the big takeaway here is that Yes, Hitler had his meteoric rise to power, but the for the first, okay, so he tried the direct overthrow of the government. It didn't work, the Beer Hall Putsch, 
And then he worked within the government until he got to, you know, basically like the second highest in the land. And then von Hindenburg dies. And again, that's that's sort of an, another of those situations where it's like, well, did he die of natural causes? Like, what happened there? But obviously, when von Hindenburg went away, it, it was just left with Hitler, and there was no election. And then that's when freedom of the press and the squelching of op opposing political parties, all of these things just started getting shuttered. Boom, 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 boom. Now... What we want to look at here is the way this is structured within the Bundestag, which is the, um, again, you have here, this is sort of like the, not the electoral college, but sort of in Germany. And you have here a chart that shows you three different scenarios. Now, if you've read the instructions, then it tells you color the seats according to the number next to each party. For example, if the greens have 15 seats, color in 15 green. Once you've colored in all the seats, then answer the questions below. So this is where you can get out those colored pencils and start coloring them in. And I'm going to explain a couple of things while you color, because I know you can color and listen at the same time. Uh, we just want to, you know, make sure that we pace it where, where everybody's sort of, you know, are locking in on the same information at the same time. Now, if you do not have the color specified here, just pick a color and just be consistent with that color. So if you don't have a red and you go with purple, then just put purple down wherever you see uh, a request for the uh, color red. But here's, here's sort of the... Here's sort of the bottom line with this one. So, um, well, first of all, let's let's review like what happens with the U.S. government. We have a unicameral or bicameral legislature. Which one? Bi bicameral, two houses. Okay, so we have the House of Representatives, and then we have the Senate. And so the representatives who work in the House and the senators who work in the Senate are elected by people in each state. And, you know, of course, we have two senators from each state. House of Representatives are elected uh, uh, based on population of the state. And the president is chosen through an election. People get to vote on who they want for president. So that's America in a nutshell. Germany, by contrast, in Germany, the chancellor who acts like a president is elected by the Bundestag which is Germany's parliament, similar to U.S. Congress, but they are not elected, the chancellor is not elected directly by the people, okay? So every four years, the German people elect members of the Bundestag, and then the Bundestag then votes on who will be the next chancellor. That would be like U.S. citizens electing representatives into Congress and then the representatives vote on the next president. Okay. So while we have what's essentially a two-party system, Democrats and Republicans, Germany has many parties. They have always had many parties. In fact, you start looking at the number of parties in Germany and Italy in particular, even now, like it, it gets a little mind boggling. Like even over in England, you have 
you know, Whigs and Tories, you have, you know, a couple, you have the Labor Party, you have, you know, a, a handful of large, well-documented parties, but it's not like a list 50, you know, long. You get over to Germany and Italy, and the list gets pretty long. I wouldn't say that it gets to 50, but there's a lot of them. And so when you have all of these different groups trying to vote their person into office, you have to make alliances. You have to make coalitions because if you have even just to keep things simple, like we have here, just five groups that each want somebody else as chancellor, no one group is probably going to get a majority or it's going to be very rare. Because what you'll end up with is the vote being split in five different directions with no clear majority win. Now, to, to get around this, these parties will form coalitions to try and gain a majority. So it's the enemy of my enemy as my friend. So, you know, you scratch, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We'll help each other out. So they... Um, these coalitions become allegiances between different parties. So this would be like a third party in the United States, uh, like say the Libertarian Party, would encourage all of its members to support the De Democratic Party or the Republican Party in order to boost their numbers because between these two people, you know, we, we really don't want this one. So we're going to tell all of our members to put their votes behind the Democratic Party so that person A wins instead of person B. So if the combined powers of the coalition wins, then that smaller third party would have more power since it helped elect the president. So this is the sort of scenario we're looking at here. So to understand how the Bundestag elects chancellors, you're going to complete the following exercise. This is what you're doing now. And then it lists just five of these different electoral groups or, or, or uh, political groups. The Social Democratic Party of Germany, the Green Party, the Christian Democratic Union of Germany, the Free Democratic Party, and the Party of Democratic Socialism. And so what you're going to do here is color code all these little seats, and then we're going to figure out in each scenario who would be allowed to pick the president? So, Bundestag number one, um, they give you, and, and they do this with each one, uh, they uh, give you two different scenarios. So, in situation A, who would win the, or who would be able to select the chancellor? Which coalition? From there, we further explored how different groups could make alliances within the Bundestag, therefore tipping favor for one political party or one candidate over another. It's a more complicated uh, version of how we elect officials in this country, 
Uh, but again, if you are using this in conjunction with the coloring sheet that accompanies this lesson, then this should make it very easy to see how a very small but dynamic party like the Nazis could get a small foothold in the Bundestag and then make alliances with other groups and start working things in favor of someone like Hitler. And that, of course, is the core lesson to take away from this exercise. That wraps it up for this episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.